0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Move Podcast. Talking about stage nine. Alain, what'd we do? Stage nine. Saint-Léonard de Nobla, two, puis de Dôme. Saint-Léonard de Nobla, two, puis de Dôme. That was top three right there of the year. That was that first. If you're ever having first. a
1: bad day, you should just have Alain come over and just read <laughs> cities <laughs> off the map. Yeah, just, just go around the map. I'm just reading off. Lance needs cheering up. Can you just do him
0: this solid? Uh, talking about talk, talking about a, a, what a, an epic finish here on stage nine, um, as is every day uh, this summer. Ketone IQ is our presenting sponsor, uh, made by HVMN. We'll get into some of that later. Um, boy, what a drag race! I mean, that was a drag race. That's what. Uh, and of course, if you were watching on the coverage, you saw the helicopter footage. It was. It was just a drag race up up a mountain that we spent uh, a lot of time talking about yesterday. I've never ridden. Most of us uh, didn't even know it was
1: uh, out there. Um, what a beast. I don't know it, how they did that finish in the past with the gears they ran, like in the 70s. Yeah. No uh, way.
0: The, well, they, they were standing up a lot and, and they were, you know... Just grinding.
2: Yeah, we have video we're going to show over the uh, finish on the Pewter Dome a long time ago. and You can see how much they're grinding up that mountain. And, and not to mention, here you have probably,
0: what are the bikes, 14, 15 pounds back then. I mean, even 1988 when Johnny Welts won, I don't know, his bike probably weighed 24, 25 pounds. Go back to Merckx's era, you might, might even have um, been pushing 30 pounds. So the weight of the bike, the gears, and, and, and not the granny gear that, that, um, that we all enjoy now. Yep. Uh, before we get into all the action, today's show brought to you by Mont Montcush Mont Kush was created in 2019 by a good friend of ours, Sully, who was on the show the other day, really giving us his own personal journey and personal story of creating uh, Mont Kush, uh to help his daughter, Devin, uh, with a medical condition. Mont Kush grows their own organic hemp in Vermont. And if you saw the show with Sully, you saw the backdrop like that farm. I was like, I don't know about... Forget the hemp. Let's just go hang out on that farm. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful up there. Dude, that that should
1: just be like a retreat. They made a reality show of the beginning of Monk Kush. Oh, they did? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's You can find it. I, do you know what it's called offhand? Sorry, offhand, if you if search Mon, Monk Cush TV show, it's, it's fascinating. I bet it is.
0: Anyways, they use a custom 200-ton press to extract pure rosin. By the way, customer reviews rave about their pain relief formula utilizes groundbreaking nanotechnology called SENS, which is self-emulsifying nano delivery system, which Sully walked us through. Uh, the other cool thing about Mount Kush is there's no stain and no stink, so you can use as much of it as you want. You can use it before rides, after rides, before working out, after working out. Uh, it, it really doesn't matter uh, whether you're a weekend warrior or a semi-pro rider or, or just a, you know, a whatever. A wannabe. Um, if you're in pain, go to Mont that's montkus dot com use the code the move and get 30 percent off your entire order again that's Montkush.com. and later in the show george and i we had a little uh, incident yesterday on our mountain bike ride and um, george is apparently i'm fine um, but george is apparently having some issues so i suspect you've been Lathering up with uh
2: absolutely lathering up and the name of the show is called Kings of Cush.
0: Oh it is? Mm Yeah, How about that? Kings of Cush, check it out. Also today brought to you by Wahoo. Wahoo cycling products are trusted by the so many teams in the Pro Peloton. We see Wahoo's Element Bolt GPS bike computer on the handlebars of more teams than any other brand. Now you can save twenty percent off on select full price products by using the coupon code THE MOVE at checkout. During the tour. Go to wahoofitness.com/the move. Enter the code the move gets you twenty percent off, and also they have that fancy um, uh, climber feature there where you can see. I love this. Like when you're out biking, and and if you're starting to hurt, you, the climbs pop up, and and. Uh, you know, you can see how much suffering you got left. That's good for you, JB. <laughs> it can be, it can be overwhelming. You're like, really? Yeah. Should we? Uh, yeah. And also, and we talked about this course, it didn't factor in today, but I, I'm, I know these guys are using it for the downhills just as, just not as a way to, to steer the bike, but as just as guidance for what's coming up around corners. I think that's a pretty handy trick. Again, wahoofitnesscom themove slash the move. Use the code. The move gets you 20% off. Well, what a hell of a stage. I, I before we get into it, I just want to I think the biggest winner of the day today is the Puy de Dôme. I, I just watching it was so so cool um and and, and so different.
2: Yeah. Right? Uh, just straight, steep, no fans, narrow. Yeah, we, we can it's hard for us to say we haven't raced up a climb in France. We've pretty much done them exactly. all. And uh, to see the helicopter the helicopter shots of that stage and the riders, um, basically time traveling by themselves up this mountain. Uh, Not only was a beautiful finish, but super, super exciting.
1: As weird as I thought, finishing without a crowd and all that energy that you can kind of feed off of, I, I just reminded myself that most of these riders rode without crowds because of COVID. Yet you guys never went through that. Did you ever do a finish, a mountaintop finish without a crowd?
0: No, you, you, you you know, and we get, I get a lot of questions actually. I'm sure you do as well, George, about the crowds and just how, um, how crazy when you're watching on TV and the people are there and they're, uh, they seemingly get out of the way a half a second before you get there and they're patting you on the back and they're splashing with water. it, It looks like complete pandemonium when you're in the race. It's, it's not that crazy. And in fact, it's kind of cool as long as they get out of the way. Um, and as long as it's water, not something else, which has happened Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) to yours truly, (laughs) but, um, and on all the climbs, they do put up the barriers and you really notice it then, like, say you're, you're doing Alp to West and it's just, it's just pandemonium and you get to three K to go and they start the barriers. You feel like you went from, you know, a Metallica concert to, uh, like uh, a Christmas sermon at, (laughs) at something. I mean, it gets real quiet, real fast, even though there are people there.
2: But this was even uh oh, yeah. a, a much, much more of a drastic change. I mean, Woodsy in, Woods in his interview said his ears were ringing the whole way up right. and, and 4K to go, all of a sudden it was just a silence. Right. And he went, but his ears continued to ring for a little bit, but he was able to, you know, just really focus. And he said, I thought it was really interesting that he said he was going to go as hard as he could from the bottom to the top in time trial. And no matter what he did, he was going to be happy with his result because he knew it was going to go as hard as he could. So, he wasn't even expecting to catch Jurgensen, for for, so to speak. But he put on, he made up two minutes and 20 seconds from the bottom of the climb to the top. So, he gauged his effort perfectly. And, you know, th- these things happen in those breakaways. We talk about 14 guys going from the gun, super hard day with about 60, 60K to go. They start attacking each other. And that just throws a whole different dynamic into a breakaway because you're going to have guys that have a couple teammates in there that aren't going to do work if one gets up the road. So, I really really applaud Jorgens' effort to go solo with 40K to go with that monster lingering at the finish line. And he only had 15, 20 seconds for a long time. And what I found might have been uh, his biggest issue was in that time period, like 10, 15K, where he had 15, 20 seconds time traveling, he had no water, no water Mm -hmm. in his bottle, super hot day, and the guys in the back, like Woods, are still in the group. Yes, they're going hard, but they got the cars right behind them, and they can get water when they need it. I think that ultimately probably made a huge difference at the mm-hmm. end of the, the race.
0: Well, we had a big crowd down in the living room uh, watching the race today, and it was it, there was so much excitement about a young American winning a stage like Puigdom, and, and and of course there had you know the time gap. It, it seemed comfortable, and all of a sudden, uh, yes. Um, Michael Woods was shot out of a cannon and, and, and it the room just got quieter mm. and quieter and we're like, uh it was it was uh and and we have to cheer for North America, but uh it would have been it would have been so cool to see a young young American win on the Puy dum
2: yeah, The, he's the, had a, he's
1: the had last a, one was uh twenty twenty one Sepcoos, stage fifteen. Prior to that, it was a decade. Tyler Farrar.
2: Wow. Yeah, Jurgensen's had a couple of fourth places already. Um obviously today was all, all or nothing, he's not happy with the fourth place. But I think he's happy with his form. Um, he's had some injuries this year, some illnesses. And um, the guy just trains like a beast. I mean, he's one of those guys that measures every calorie that goes in his body, uh, spends a month at a time at altitude camps by himself. I mean, this, this that's a hard life. It's not an easy life, and he really puts in all the work. You, it's almost a daily thing where you're really selling the
0: lifestyle of, of a professional. It's like for all you young kids, I feel like we had it easy compared I mean, to for them. all you young kids. I mean, listen, this is 2023. Think about our day, George. I mean, yeah. we, we, we were listening to, uh, you know, it had like transistor radios and, and like three channels, one of which maybe would have been CNN, which they were on repeat, like every 45 minutes. I mean, yeah. we've got to
1: get kids into the game. Yeah. No, you've talked about your era versus now, like, Sure, they may train more uh, and be more physical than you guys were, but they also can FaceTime their families and yeah, loved ones. They, they have a lot more sure.
2: entertainment out there. Yeah, that's, that's yeah sure. they have
1: everything at their disposal.
2: And yeah. you guys packed up, went to Europe, and were isolated. We had to, like, uh, you know find a bunch of coins to be able to call home <laughs> when we first moved to Italy, be like, shit, I got to take a stack of coins and call oh, my parents gosh. for like 10 minutes and keep putting it in every 30 seconds. Yeah. Wow.
0: Speaking of Michael Woods, a, a couple things stand out for me. Um, we spend a lot of time on this show talking about just how young, speaking of these kids that are racing now, how young the game has gotten right in the early twenties, obviously Tadej Pogachar is still in the young rider category and, he, and here you have a Michael Woods, and he, and he, uh, he said it. I didn't realize uh, that he was getting on up there. He said it in his post-race interview, 36, almost 37 years old. Hmm. Uh, and I'll just remind folks, two, two, two things here. Uh, Michael Woods was a runner yeah. uh, before he, he he came to the He was late to cycling, hence his age. So he might have a slightly different race age because he, he just doesn't have the years and years and years uh, and the miles and miles and miles as as, as somebody else his age um but just just so you i mean when we're talking about as an athlete or as um as an engine let me just give you some numbers uh, michael wood's pr in the mile 357 michael wood's pr in the 5k 1414 i mean those are world class times so you're obviously dealing w- with an exceptional endurance athlete the other thing i think really stood out for me and you saw it with him today climbs that are that steep that require you to stand up are actually is this is my theory? So all you nerdy, fucking propeller head physiologists out there, don't bounce on me, Spencer. <laughs> um, but this is my theory: is when it's that steep and, and you're required to stand up more and more, you're getting closer to almost running. Mm. And so that for him, that was a, a natural. Obviously, he timed it just right and had to close a big gap. But he was running on the pedals. He he ran a you know damn 357 mile, and unfortunately, or not, you know, good for him, but sad for Jorgensen. Um, but, but, but obviously a beast of an athlete his yeah. whole life.
2: And what makes him so unique, too, because I remember back in the day when he was racing for American domestic team, yeah, they, he was known as having really good climbing skills, but there was always the X factor. He, he's a runner, so how can he handle his bike? He crashed yeah. a bunch of early in his career. So for him to sort of get over that where that wasn't his first sport, it's incredibly impressive that now he's able to not only win a stage in Tour de France, but be able to navigate... The positioning that is so hectic in uh, in the in the pro tour races.
1: You know what else is impressive? I looked at our text thread, and <clears throat> we have a, a move text thread. And when that break went, that was at at seven twenty two this morning. The race ended around 10. 7.22, I think George sent a text. Who who from this break will win? Johan was like, I think Woods. Mm-hmm, like that far out, right. like he called
2: that. And I didn't listen to him. I bet on Jorgensen, <laughs> uh, so I was I, I lost my bet. But it was I think they were both really good bets and. But that, and it just makes it so tough to predict. Because usually the strongest climber in a breakaway like that doesn't win because everybody's marking off of that guy like Woods. Um, so the fact that Jurgensen went and tried to get ahead of the race was super impressive. Um, and it just played out to where they were able to work together decently well the woods group i'm referring to and get to the climb with a manageable gap two minutes 20 seconds although we thought what uh Jurgenton had it mm. um but the uh, woods just just crushed that climb just wrote an incredible pace up that climb Yeah,
0: you know, when it's that hard and, and they've had the first week that they've had this is going to start to add i mean we said it on the first and second day this is going to add up and perfect for him you know yeah. and but going to back to what you said george about the sort of the knock on him or the questions around michael woods early in his career um i mean obviously this for for an engine like that perfect finish for him but he still had to make the break i mean those to make those breaks and to be in position and to jump and to recover and jump and and finally make the break uh that's very different than running in circles around a track
2: yeah we saw a strategy change from jumbo not one guy from jumbo in the breakaway which we hadn't seen at all this this whole tour de france so Perhaps they wanted to stay with uh, with Jonas. Perhaps Wout wasn't on a best day because he's usually making those breakaways, you know, without even trying. Um, so it's just an interesting interesting stage. And now we have Israeli Premier Tech with a stage win, um, and the other teams are going to start getting more and more desperate. And what happens? The racing is going to get more and more aggressive. And we have a rest day. And we have a rest day, which you know
0: I ha- always hated.
2: <laughs> uh, before I, I, get- I hated. Riding with you on a rest day as well, because you rode so hard. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. And we're going to get into a story later. You also, it seems like, hated riding with me yesterday. Um, more on that later. Uh, but before we get it, I want to get into a little bit of the, obviously, a, a stage like this, a finish like this. It had to be some, some fireworks uh, in the GC battle, which we, of course, saw between Jonas Vingegaard and Tadej Pogacar. A uh, lot of thoughts there. But before we do, today's show also brought to you by Roca. Uh, Roka's invented a completely new class of eyewear. Glasses optimized for performance. No other eyewear brand can keep up with what these guys and gals are doing, whether it's on, on the performance side or on the casual side. By the way, check it. I brought some new ones today. I got, I got, I ditched the all silver titanium aviators. I went with the blues. I went blue steel. Blue steel. I like I it. I, <laughs> I mean, if, if, for folks watching, if you're not buying these right now, look at, I mean, look how, I mean, even as ugly as I am. Look how dope I look right now. No? God, nobody (laughs) is unbelievable. Thank you, head of HR. She was laughing just a little bit. Uh, So on the casual side and also the prescription side, um, which we're obviously avid fans of, absolute best optics on the market. I thought you were about to put on sunglasses. Sorry, you're doing chapstick on your lips. Uh, The best optics on the market, crystal clear, fog resistant, scratch resistant, and they never slip no matter how much you're out there sweating. Uh, and they're not just working with uh, professional cyclists; a whole bunch of other great uh, athletes—not just uh, sporting athletes, but special forces, et cetera—and hand-built in our hometown of Boston, Texas. The Move listeners get twenty percent off. Just go to roka r o k a dot com. Again, that's roka dot r o k a dot com. Enter the code The Move gets you twenty percent off. Also today, brought to you by Helix Sleep, clearly. George was on his Helix mattress last night. I am worried. Uh, is there a checkup? Pull, is there a pulse on the man today? <laughs> um, we've been sleeping on Helix mattresses uh, for years now. Uh, they, they, they came across our radar. Um, super cool platform where you go in, you take a two minute sleep quiz, you talk about your sleep, the characteristics of it, the strengths, the weaknesses. Uh, and they make you a fully customized mattress. They also just introduced the newest, most high-end collection called Helix Elite. Uh, six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. Don't just take it from us. Uh, Wired Magazine and GQ Magazine named it Mattress of the Year. A special offer for our listeners. Helix Sleep is offering up to 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to Helix Sleep dot com slash the move and this is their best offer yet and it won't last long helix sleep dot com slash the move last one of the day hvmn our presenting sponsor ketone iq another thing that you know it's just a part of our daily routine most of these things are um, this one gets us up, gets us fired up, gets us clear, mentally clear, got JB over COVID brain. Um, <laughs> if you, I love that. That I,
1: sounds so bad. I love it. I just
0: that one time you were like, you know, I had COVID brain and I started drinking ketone IQ and I was like, I'm going to
1: remember that. <laughs> I did. Like A couple months with it in the regimen, I feel completely different. That's
0: awesome. Amazing. That's no, awesome.
1: No, uh, no Adderall either.
0: Um, I,
2: mean, I haven't it, been it, off
0: Adderall in 20 years. Wait, wait, the, can we go back to HVMN for wow, a
1: second? That's a well, no, this is, this is serious. I mean, the HVMN, is getting me through. Good. I don't need it. All right. For, you follow? for, for all you folks drop out the there, drop the mic.
2: W- drop the mic, Yeah, JP. that's a big deal. Oof. That's it like is.
0: a. Uh, HVMN launched the world's first drinkable ketone in 2017. Ketone IQ is their latest innovation on ketones with improved effectiveness, taste, and cost. If you're looking for better, uh, better sustained energy, mental focus, and sharpness, or if you're just trying to get in the flow, Ketone IQ is the way to go. You can save 30% off your first subscription order of Ketone IQ over at hvmn.com slash the move. Again, that's hvmn.com slash the move. 30% off.
2: So we mentioned we mentioned a good day for North America with uh, obviously Jurgensen battling out for the win, getting fourth place. Mike Woods wins the stage. Nielsen Palace again in the breakaway, getting more points uh, for the Mountain Jersey, which I feel like it's it's kind of transforming now. Our, our, our boss, excuse me, our boss's uh, outlook and view on the polka dot jersey that he's actually starting to enjoy watching Nielsen in the breakaway and representing him, America <laughs> in the polka dot jersey, and I feel like he likes it so much that the team pulled together. And got him a little gift. Hold on a second. Oh no! I knew you. I from, knew you were going. From, so I was from, like the, th- from our friends at friends at the feed, we made him oh a custom polka dot <laughs> bottle for our ride in a couple of days. Here you go, Lance.
0: Um. Well, everybody over there at the feed, I appreciate this. This is. Uh, wow, I didn't even got my name on it. Okay, <laughs> although I will say the way that the way that the, these rides are going and trending, um, and and me compared to George. I mean, if we were like literally giving out polka dot jerseys, I would be with the polka dot bottle because I'm kicking his ass on,
2: on many of these climbs. Well, not only are you kicking my ass, you're actually crashing my ass <laughs> okay, as well, which get, I think we're is we're a good time. On, Hold on to that. We have to <laughs> talk. Mean, look, <laughs> at, look at my arm here. It's all know, jacked I know, up.
0: I know. But there are other things that happened actually in the Tour de France <laughs> okay, today. Got got it, got it, got it. Got it, got it. Um, uh, uh, but you were going on about North America. I think Quinn Simmons said no. could not start today.
2: You know, I think I think it was a good decision by the team. He was struggling. I mean, he came in incredible form. I know because I wrote with the guy. The guy's a beast. Um, but he's a young rider, and I like the the approach the team took to where they didn't want to sort of bury him into a grave to try to get out of these injuries. And they, they let him get home and recover and get ready for the second part of the season.
0: And, and Sepp Kuss is, if we're talking about Americans and North Americans, you know, played another important role today for Jonas Ingegaard. Now, we'll get into... I think you guys probably have you and especially Johan have some questions just about once the job is done. I, now I'm starting to think there's a, there's a there's a different idea here on their side
1: by because keeping Sepp Kuse up there instead of just peeling yeah, off and,
0: yeah, and that's, saving um, energy. Yeah, uh, I, but I'd love to get Johan's thoughts. But okay. I, I think that maybe there's some strategy there. I don't know that I agree with the strategy, but I I think perhaps there there, is. there has to be. I mean, he has, he's
2: be. he's sitting in ninth place overall, six forty five behind. I mean, yep. that's. You see the you see the time gaps these breakaways are getting. They got 15 minutes at the bottom mm-hmm. of the climb today, so that's an easy like one day throw him in the move. All of a sudden, Jumbo or Jumbo can sit up and relax and let UAE do the do the work. Uh, so station. I'm starting to like I'm starting to like the strategy. Hmm. Having hmm. step close, they're
1: keeping him as a threat. Yep. To make to make them work.
2: Yes. Okay. And then and then
0: and then of course it um which was to be expected. It's always interesting when I mean I think at some point when I because I did George got up early and was watching the race and I I have to leave, I'm leaving today to fly to Minnesota to pick up Olivia from summer camp. So I got my uh, uh Sufferfest out of the way early this morning. Um um but but when I came back and turned the TV on, I I, I they said that the breakaway was twelve kilometers ahead of the main field. Twelve kilometers that's yeah, what is that's it? A seven miles, seven something miles. You imagine me in the fans like, well, I guess that's, well, wait, where's everybody else? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but so you almost had two different races, obviously the race for the stage win. And then you had to wait, um, you know, 10 ish minutes for, for, for the race for the GC, which didn't disappoint. I, 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 I'm, I mean, that's, that's strike. That's two in a row for Pogo char, yep. even though he only got uh, what, mm, seven or eight seconds. Um, and I, his interview after the race was pretty interesting. They, they asked him, they said, could you tell that Vingegaard was suffering behind you? And he said, because he wasn't looking back. He said, I, I, I was watching his shadow and he could see, you know, even if you know these guys and as you would, right, if, you, if this is your main rival, you raced with him for years. I know this sounds crazy, folks. I mean, if you can catch the sun just right where you were looking at their shadow, their shadow, and it depends, of course, where the sun is. If the shadow shadow could be right beside you, you can actually see in the shadow differences in your main rivals. And, and he said looked like he was suffering, stepped on the gas a little more, and, and Vingegaard got distanced. I don't know. I, I don't, I, I, if, if I'm Jumbo and, and Vingegaard, this is trending the wrong way.
2: Yeah, it showed. I mean, it showed how hard that climb actually was. So you saw Sepkoski doing the the pace from when it when it got really steep at four kilometers to go, and then he pulled off. in about two and a half k, they kind of just fanned out. I mean, that, that's how hard of a climb it was. They were scared to keep the tempo going. Sure, Simon Yates uh, started going because he saw his brother probably suffering, trying to get ahead of him in the, in the overall. There's a huge fight for third place now uh, brewing, which is making the race super exciting. But when Tajay went. Um, he's, I thought initially Jonas was just trying to stay within his pace and was going to keep him, you know, right there. But I mean, all in all, it was it was not a disaster day for for Jonas at all. He only lost seven seconds, still yeah. in the yellow jersey. And like I keep saying, twenty one round boxing match. It's, it's, really, it's four to three now. Yeah, uh, Tajay's up uh, uh, four rounds to to three. I don't think seven seconds is going to matter. Um, this is just a mental game now. Yeah, right? it's just
0: those. He got a rest day tomorrow. He got the whole day to think about. He's probably going to – he's in the yellow jersey still, so he has the obligatory uh, yellow jersey press conference. He's going to be asked, I don't know, 50 questions about it. It's going to suck, straight up. Yeah. It's going to suck. And and they're all going to – and none of those questions are going to to make him feel like that Mr. Momentum is on his side. All of those questions tomorrow, he's going to feel like he's been kicked a couple times.
1: So Pogachar just keeps chipping away. Yeah. And not to get ahead of ourselves, which we even talked about earlier, uh, pre show, it's like you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself and start thinking about the time trial. Mm-mm. But they, at Jumbo, they might be thinking, we need a minute on Pagachar going into that time trial or well, something. They might come uh, up with some number.
0: I don't know. I mean, if I'm Jumbo I'm, right now, I'm thinking, we got to stop the bleeding. Yeah. Even if they're a little, little you know, five, six sec- seconds here or there, these are minimal. We got to have a day. Where where you stay equal and you felt good, you felt like you somehow had uh, some control of the dynamic. Because these little, I'm telling you, these little days, it's it's.
2: And let's, it, it let's, adds not, up. Let's, let's let's not forget though the the one round that that Jonas won, he put a lot more time into Tajay than Tajay has put into him in these last two days from the attacks. I mean, we're talking seven to uh, the other day was, I think, 10, 15 seconds. I mean, uh, Jonas put a minute on him the day he went. So the one big day that Jonas had that he had good legs, he was able to put more time into uh, Tajay than Tajay was in two stages where he had better legs than Jonas. So I think it's still a very close battle.
1: So a rest day, and then <laughs> we, you know, as we looked at the stage 10, when they come back from the rest day, it's, it's a tough tour. It's a tough tour.
0: I mean, any, I, I, I'm of the opinion that any day after a rest day is hard, the body just kind of lays down, literally and figuratively, on a rest day. And, and you just hope for uh, almost like a transition stage. Even those are hard. Uh, and, and, and you certainly, post-rest day don't hope for a start straight uphill, which stage 11 gives you. Look at that, right out of the gate. And I know it doesn't look that crazy, five kilometers at 4.7%, but they're going from the gun. So that yeah. guy's going to be warm. Stage isn't that long, 160-something kilometers. Guy's going to be warming up. They're going to be doing the the Jackie Duran get a running start at it. It's I don't know. This this profile post-rest day, would, would I'd be stressed, just based on my history. I, I don't like that stuff. And then if you go back to the profile, it's, I don't know. Is it ever flat?
2: It's not flat. Dear just, God. And this is sort of the you know, a normal, typical, standard rest day. They're, they're, what, nine stages in. Um, So they've gone a long way. So people's bodies are in the zone, so to speak. They're used to waking up. They're used to riding hard for four to six hours. And so tomorrow, it's going to be interesting to see what these teams do. I know Lance, he'd always want to ride super hard, at least three hours, a lot of climbing. A guy like me, I'm like, oh, please, do we have to do anything more than, you know, an hour and a half, but we'd, we'd usually ride... And it was not an easy day, so the, I'm I'm sure these uh, GC guys are going to go quite hard tomorrow.
0: And not and still in the massive central, so yep. the pavement is what it is doesn't roll. And if you're just listening to some of the writers' comments today, it was really hot. So it's
1: it you know, sounds like it's heating up. Mm. I never thought about what it's like on a rest day in a town for the spectators, because like I remember when you guys would come into Austin for your for your camp in December, and it's like you cruising around and you're like oh there's the blue train you know mm-hmm. <laughs> going down highway 360 but for the fans like you can see every team potentially out there riding maybe stopping in a cafe i mean did you ever interact with spectators on a, on a rest day or is it do your ride with a
2: follow car back to the hotel. You're, you're asking Lance this? He doesn't, he doesn't, George, what did you do? Did, he did he you interact even, with he, the spectator? He doesn't even interact with people on the bike path here. Like, <laughs> he, the path here. like, <laughs> like he just keeps going. Like, it's Lance. No, he never interacted yeah. with yeah. the spectator. I, of course, on the <laughs> other hand, yes, I would interact with people. I'm a man of the people.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you, the biggest hit on Arrest day is, is and, and, and in fact is a big hit a lot of days, because these teams are... You know, we've talked about in the past about, you know, the hotels and, and the different quality of hotels uh, um, vary wildly throughout the tour. So that you might have a night where you're in a five star and it's behind a gate and you're super chill. You might be at the Campanile or the Ibis or the Mercure or the Novotel. They're all dumps. Um, and, and, and the team buses and the cars and the trucks and all that stuff are in the parking lot. And the mechanics, are. that's the cool thing for fans. Like you should see this, the, the, the crowds around the mechanics. Mm-hmm. A dude washing a bike. Whoa. <laughs> but it's, you know, they get an up close look right, and, and that's, right. that's, I'm serious. Like they get an up, up close look at, at how these guys are taking care of the bikes, how they're washing them, how they're, you know, inspecting the, t- whatever they're doing. That's pretty cool.
2: Not only that, to your, to your question, one of the fans questions yesterday, one of the biggest innovations in the last 25 years. Now it almost doesn't matter that the quality of the hotel, the big teams, they're going into the rooms before the riders get there. They're putting their own mattresses in their own sheets Sometimes air conditioning, oh. just really making their environment as perfect as possible. Because what do we know now how important sleep is? And if you can figure out the sleep game better than others, the teams with money are doing that now. So they're yeah. the room quality, hotel quality, almost isn't as big. It's not as big an issue as it was in the past for the bigger teams.
0: I did not know that. Yeah. Wow.
2: We should have been racing. That's why you had days. me around.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By the way. You know, we, we had a little, and we're going to get into this incident, what happened on the mountain bike yesterday, but we were, as we were nursing our way back, uh, our buddy Ashish, because of the incident, his shifter broke, and so we were helping him with a shifter, and George was down the bike path talking to some random guy, and uh, so it's just a little defense of myself, George, because I rolled up, and the guy, you know, oh, hey, whoa, it's Lance too. I was quite shocked. Nice I was very were. nice to the gentleman. You were nice. I agree. Okay. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to state that. I, I didn't ride by and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Let's go, man. My favorite college voice.
1: Yeah, I got stopped on the trail yesterday. So shout did. out to Cooper and his family up here from nice. Alabama. Yeah, nice. We, we,
0: uh, yeah, we, and, and it's funny. We had another family. We stopped for water over there in Snowmass, and, and I, we have forgotten. This family, and I always feel bad about this. You had a husband, wife, and a, and a young son who was probably, I don't know, 12 and, uh, and the mom's like, Hey, what's, um, where's the swear jar this year? <laughs> and I was like, and then you're just remi- I'm reminded that I'm such an idiot on this show and just t- no filter. And, and there's a 12 year old boy and, and they were like, we all, the whole family watches. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ouch. So the kids like gotcha. going to school, like. Seeing the fucking douches, man. And I'm, and I'm, yeah, like, no. Teacher's
2: like, who taught you that? Uh, the move? Speak, uh, speaking of 12-year-old boys, uh, Lance did another nice thing. He called our buddy Cleve Backwell today, who unfortunately his young son, Whit, uh, had a really bad wreck. Um, doing some downhill training. Uh, broke several bones, kneecap, all kinds of stuff. He's in the hospital for, now for the last couple of days. So thank you, Lance, for FaceTime. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, do you guys want to share the
2: the tale of the the mountain bike Yeah, a little
0: incident. Yeah. Yeah. We were having a great ride. Um got on over to uh uh my favorite trail here in 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 this area Tom Blake, then we cruised as I said through Snowmass, we're kind of coming back through. We're doing a trail called Lowline, which is totally uneventful. You basically do it with your eyes closed, which clearly I was doing because <laughs> it's just got some some little whoopdies in it, you know, and I the last one, I was I was behind our friend Dean Hill, and I was uh, I don't know I was and I have I was playing golf also in the afternoon. I think I started thinking about golf, <laughs> and I hit the last jump. You can't and I, let your
1: mind wander. No, no, no. On no. these trails, I, I,
0: no. And I was thinking about going low on the G course, and I just lost it on the last little thing, uh, the last little jump, and I, I didn't have my dropper down, and it, it just kicked me up enough. And as soon as I started coming back down to the ground, I was like. Okay, this is not good, and I had nowhere to go, and it was just a major cliff, no, no, no railing, no nothing, and I'm like, I'm gonna ride off this cliff, yeah, and and there, George was behind me, Ashish was right behind George, and I'm convinced that I, I, I knew that I could get off the bike, but I was going to roll and fall down this cliff, which well, I
2: took a video of how big this cliff was, and so we're there, and I'm like, okay,
0: that. oh, and. Yeah. And what you what you kind of see if you go back, Colton, and you and of course y'all have to be watching this on YouTube, that first little part before the green, that you're just sort of you're just rolling downhill. The part where you start to see the green was straight down. I mean that's probably twenty feet, and I'm thinking Ooh. I'm like there, and and it was the weirdest thing. I mean I caught my front my front wheel grabbed a little bit as I started to ride down, and it and it caught just enough. I was like I have to just basically crashed myself i mean i can't go straight or left otherwise i'm i don't know what's going to happen so i just i just basically got off the bike crashed myself to the right and then you know george ran into me ran right in the back of me right in my back
2: yeah he's like bro you ran over me i'm like your bike went right into me what do you want me to do and then a she comes around the corner but had had that bike not come back up uh he'd lance that means lance would have been rolling down that cliff it was oh. you know a matter of Inches that he did not go down that cliff, which would have, yeah, he probably would have been in the hospital right now. Yeah. And missed playing golf, yep. more importantly. Yep.
0: You know, so kids, when you're out there riding, do not think about your afternoon golf round. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, that was, wow. And funny thing too, though, we were, we all got up and kind of dusted off and I just kept going. I was like, all right, let's finish the ride. And George, I hear George, he's like, wait. We're I wanted
2: to take the road back. He's like, like, "Wait, he, good. Let's just go." He's home. like,
0: "Why? Why are we finishing the ride? Why don't we just head home on the road?" I'm like, "What? I want a piece of this guy before it's over, huh?" Where's my bottle?
1: Right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you All guys right. be safe out there. Okay, All right, we got to keep this together. All right, uh, your Ventium Ventum Ventium we'll Ventum tour trivia of the day. Uh, Again, at the end of the tour, Ventum will be giving away a brand new NS1, a complete bike, their road bike. Yesterday's answer, just if you're playing along and want to see if you're all right, um, the question was, who won the first Tour de France after World War II? Right. And that was won by Jean Robic of France in 1947. Wow. Today's question. Oh, here we go. Who is the youngest winner? Of the Tour de France, hmm. youngest winner hmm. ever, ever. Okay. I'll try to give I you. Do, I do not know. Point. It was it was early in in the in the century, so hmm. it was some time ago. So anyhow, if you uh, you can look up that answer, do whatever you need to get the correct answer. Email it in. Do not send it to the move. We you know a lot of people are emailing us. Send it to <laughs> trivia at ventumracing dot com. Every day from the correct answers, they draw one all those finalists will be in for the last day okay trivia at VentumRacing.com. all right couple quick questions for you guys and then uh you can get on to your rest day right uh super fan of the show we I all- can I can get on to Brainerd Minnesota
0: anybody out there in Brainerd <laughs> wants to hang out what the what are y'all doing i mean there's a lot of lakes man flying in there's water everywhere i guess like every license plate says the land of 10,000 lakes i mean mm-hmm. i mean it I mean it may be more. They even say that's a very low estimate of the actual number of lakes. You know what else is right by there? Has nothing to do with these questions you're gonna ask. Is this this shit is crazy. And this is a true story. The headwaters of the Mississippi River are right there. There's signs everywhere. You can drive to it. And apparently like when you think when I think of the Mississippi, I'm thinking like New Orleans, you know, this thing's like a mile wide. If the headwaters are there. It's like a little it's just like a little trickle. Really? Yeah. Isn't that cool? Mm -hmm. That was cool
1: i thought, like, it was, pretty, I thought it was pretty cool it's got to start somewhere you can't just be a we, rushing river
2: we to go there out. and take a picture of the headwater of the mississippi river for us or is it too far out of the way
0: well uh, for those that know me well you know i don't spend a lot of time stopping to look at waterfalls <laughs> and all this other gorgeous shit that people stop and look at for hours i'm like okay cool waterfall
1: let's go you know at the top of all these mountains <laughs> it's just a trickle right now too yeah well, i know and then it gets bigger As it goes downhill. (laughs) 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 All right. Super fan of the show. We all see riders gasping for breath after a hard stage. And I never see riders taking oxygen. Hmm. Is taking oxygen banned? That's from Paul in Bristol, Virginia. That's a good question. It is a good question.
0: Uh, it's probably not banned. I, I think. It, well, that
1: would make sense to help it, it part it, of the recovery. You know,
0: and when we see it in professional sports, it's typically on the sidelines of a like an American football game, uh, especially you know uh, visiting teams that would, for example, play the Broncos because they're at almost six thousand feet and and uh, they're not used to that, so they'll they will have oxygen there, but they've got to go right back in 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 a minute or 5 minutes mm-hmm. and 10 minutes so they're constantly just trying to get on top of uh, of of the oxygen it's funny i you know did that show with Marshawn recently and he was always he was always talking about oxygen he's like man i was hitting that oxygen all the time <laughs> um but if 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 you're done i mean i think it would be one thing if you could have one of those in the middle of a stage which obviously you cannot do but it, once the race is done i think uh you know you're you're, you're off for what
1: Another 19 hours yeah. you have time to recover. It's time to recover. Uh, no, it's interesting. My my buddy Sam was in here staying. His hotel room had a little oxygen yeah, thing right. for guests here right? Like, just to recover no. at this altitude. <clears throat> Please tell me he didn't use that. <laughs> no, I don't think he did. But I was like, <laughs> wow, it's just interesting. Uh, I have a question for Lance and George, given the history of the Puy de Dome stages uh, I'm curious to hear from Lance and George what is the craziest encounter they had with a fan during the Tour de France. Hmm. That's from Juliana in Raleigh, North Carolina. Do you remember? Crazy, I, uh, yeah. I don't. Yeah, no, I can't
2: remember.
1: <laughs> we, <laughs> we had a lot
2: of I mean, it, millions, it, uh, millions of that yeah. of fans, and
0: most of them were. I mean, uh, towards the end, certainly of that run, it was frankly it wasn't very positive. You know, it was it was. Um,
1: aggressive fans like on yeah, the, aggre- yeah
0: yeah yeah which you know you, you you can zone out and and you know or even use as motivation but it was it was there were not a lot of uh you know yeah was I mean, blowing the, any
2: kisses the ones that stood out were the like the the so sometimes you'd have one guy or one girl be at like several tours like 10 years in a row and they'd be in these spots where nobody can see them or they'd have like you know, football jersey on with our names on there, or just that those. Oh, yeah, the things. guy with the helmet. Yeah, the with the guy the With the horns helmet. and shit. Yeah. Helmet with horns, and they'd they'd stay at places where not many people were, and just run next to you and scream at the top of their lungs. So those yeah, it, those type of people stood out the most. Yeah,
1: apparently, you're not alone because Johan talked about it yesterday. How the the fans were so aggressive with mm. Mercs because they loved Pulidor. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, know, the, the, the French hate the winners. No, but And Merce no was not
0: very, I mean, obviously he's regarded now as the greatest of all time, but he was not popular in his day and, and didn't help that. I mean, Poulidor was, he, he was the golden boy of France. I mean, he was the guy. And so, yeah, you can imagine. And we didn't even have to go up against that. I mean, Christ sakes, we were beating Germans and Italians and, Spaniards, and imagine if if uh, if Jan was French or Basso was French or Beloki was French. Oh, boy. It would have been 10 times worse. Mm.
1: Um, yeah. Here's another one. A lot of emails from the people in the southeast. Shout out from Greenville, South Carolina. All right. Oh. Yeah. Loving the season so far. It's cool to see Seth Coos in 10th right now, but it makes me wonder— what will it take for an American cycling for American cycling to produce another American on the podium of the tour? Can U S cycling in its current state develop the talent needed? And is there anyone from the U S waiting in the wings that could potentially do it in the next few years? That's from Andrew.
0: George, you know, this, you know, the young kids better than me. I, I, why don't you, if you start with just the talent pool Yeah, and then I, I'd love to just uh, come over the top with just a, more of a
2: strategic opinion and view on how best to go about that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we got Tajay and Jonas, who are young riders, and they're going to be around for a long time. So it's kind of hard to say to, to pick a rider that's going to, you know, be able to go toe to toe with those guys. But I think we're in a good position right now. We have six Americans in the in the well five now because we lost Quinn today. But all these guys are aggressive. They're making their breakaways. They're in the mountain jersey. Um, we've won stages with Sepkus a couple years ago. He's, he's the key player for Jumbo Visma right now. Um, so we're in a fairly good state in terms of American cycling and there's some good young talent coming up as well, um, that we're going to continue to hear more and more from. But as far as a Tour de France stage winner, I don't see one right now, but you never know.
0: Which I think they were actually talking about a Tour de France winner. Yeah. Which, yeah, I know, I know. Which, um, look, my, 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 I think that, and I've I've touched on this in the past. I I, I think, and and I heard this the, the, stat the other day. I don't know if it's true or not, but somebody told me that in the U twenty three category. Now that may be across men and women, or it might just be men. I don't know. Uh, in the U twenty three category, the USA is the number one country in the world. I I, I need to fact check that. Mm-hmm. Somebody told me that, but I don't know. Even if you're top three, hey. Then you've got the talent pool. Now, what do you do with that? Right. Do you let them go to 10 different teams and get developed by 10 different teams and trainers and coaches and all these other people around them? I don't think so. And I've said this in the past. You see a company like Trek throwing all this money at a team like that team is just okay, Just okay.
2: They won yesterday.
0: It doesn't. Uh, that's just okay. That's winning stages in the. the they per- won
2: yesterday. They just got picked up a huge sponsor, a German sponsor called Lidl. They're signing some really big names. George, the question—they're better than okay.
0: The question <laughs> was, can we win the tour? Okay, so to win the tour, you cannot be just okay. And I, I'm not criticizing them, but I'm just being real. If I were them. I would take my budget and my resources and I would, I would go back 10 years ago and replicate what sky did. They said, we have all this young talent on the track. We are going to hit pause. We're going to develop a team. We're going to look at every aspect of it, right? Whether it's the athletes we pick um, the nutrition, the technology, the train, everything. We're going to take a true formula one approach to this. And we're going to build a team that can win the tour de France. And people thought you'll remember George, people thought they were fucking crazy. They said, there is no way. And voila, guess what happened? And, and, and we can do that. It's not going to work having guys go to all these different teams. And by the way, too, you don't have to have just Americans. Remember what Sky did? They brought all the best young Brits, and they, they, they put in some guys with them, some experienced guys, European guys, um, uh, to, to be sort of capitans de la route, guys to show them the way. And, and they built an amazing team. And it still is an amazing team. It is not What they built... Was not just okay. This is this is a, it's a whole different approach. If I'm Trek or any of these other companies, that's exact. I hit pause and I do that. they come up with a five-year plan. Yeah, the t- instead of, of it's a ten-year tomorrow. plan. They've already been at it ten years. It, it, that's a, a
2: question of sponsorship and it's a question of money. I mean, he, these days it's hard enough to find a corporate sponsor that's going to go in for two to three years, maybe five, but to get somebody that's going to go ten is almost unheard of. Hey. Um, and so, I don't, yeah, we need that. We and need I don't that, and, and we I don't, need don't American
0: want, team. Uh, uh, And again, that is not a slight on that team. I think Mads Peterson is a fantastic writer, former world champion, won yesterday, obviously amazing. I'm talking about the entire approach as it relates to and pertains to the budget that is being spent and to the question, how do we win the Twitter de France? If I'm somebody like that, that that's what I do. And, and all the while you can have a Mads Peterson or a Scalemos or all these guys that they can be a part of the thing but you take a step back you make an, a, a comprehensive plan and and you go try to win the tour that
1: can happen well and georgie with your son you're seeing what the 14 15 year olds are doing i mean it's we're going you're going to blame exactly and they're, they're all, all those kids are going to be 19 20 and do the, do they aspire to be world tour
2: oh yeah 100% i mean absolutely the team he's on has got three three or four really good talented kids that um, impress me every day, and they the, the amount of training they do, the amount of information they have at their fingertips, and stuff that we didn't have. I mean, they they're on it nutritionally, they're they're on it in training. It's it's just a whole different game these days with with young riders. It's possible, yeah, totally.
1: All right, we'll wrap it up on that note. If you have a question for a future show, send it to the Move at wedo.team. Team. And
2: we got the day off uh, tomorrow. What do- by do- the way, do- what are See you going to do, do, do tomorrow s- while I'm gone? Um, well, that's much a great question, Lance. Um, I'm going to go check out the um, Aspen Museum. I've never been. Mm. I've been here, coming here for five, six years. Um, probably not going to ride. going to take the day off. Maybe go hang at the pool somewhere. <laughs> Just enjoy my day. <laughs>
0: Uh, George, for if, if anybody that's in Aspen and you want to hang out with George tomorrow, he will be at the rooftop pool at the W Hotel. He'll be the guy in the corner with the Guido shades and uh, no shirt on. be like, a, how you doing? And the big gold chain drinking some Frosé. How you doing? How you doing? It's a rest day. Yeah. Who's going to win a tour? All right. Thanks for tuning in.